Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, so this is the Treasure Valley. Yeah, I'm in the Treasure Valley at Awaken Church. Come on, the best church. I've been at Awaken for 18 years now, and I got saved at our church. I was on an airplane to Vegas um, to meet a guy that I had just met. Well, I'm starting off strong, aren't I? Um, (laughs) Real is one of my strengths. Sometimes I'll have to back it up and say, wait a minute. Okay. So on the plane to Vegas, meeting a guy there, and I meet my now husband on the airplane. He invites me to church, and I say yes. I come to church. I get saved my first Sunday, and here we are 18 years later. I could not be more in awe. Like, oh, my gosh, I could not be more in awe of what God's doing. And just walking around out in uh, Star, where Pastor Colin and Melissa live. Sorry if I just gave away where you live. Oops. Um, Walking around this morning, just almost in tears, actually tears came out. And if you know me, I don't cry a lot. But I had tears coming with gratefulness and joy in my heart in what God's doing in my life, in your life in this city, in San Diego, and all across the United States. It's really humbling. It's amazing. But I've heard that we're in the Treasure Valley, and so I started looking up, why do they call it the Treasure Valley? And just, you know, Wikipedia, the expert Wikipedia said this. Some guy, Pete Olson, some guy, president of Valley's Association of Local Chambers of Commerce, coined the name Treasure Valley in 1959 to reflect the treasure chest of resources and opportunities that the region offered. Hello, the treasure chest of resources and opportunities that the region offered. And shortly after I read that, I casually just got off of my bed in this beautiful guest room into the restroom into, and I looked in the closet and I saw a purple treasure chest. And it actually was covered in dust. No shame, Pastor Melissa. This is obviously was God's doing, but it had dust on it. And God showed me a clear picture as if there's treasures all across this valley. You are the treasures, and there is a layer of dust. And what we have come to do, what Pastor Colin and Melissa have come to do is blow the dust off of that. Bring the treasures out. Bring the gold out. Bring the silver out. Cultivate an environment in this city and in this county where God can move to be conductors of God's power and not shut down the power of God, but release the power of God. And I'm telling you, you're all in for a real treat. You're all treasures. This is not only the treasure valley, it's full of treasures. And you are God's treasure. You are God's treasure. Amen. So I I was told um, that Boise would change my life. And I went to a restaurant last night that changed my life. Has anyone been to Crave? Okay. It must be God again. God's handprints are everywhere. But I ordered this thing on the menu, and everyone I went with said, we've never seen that on the menu. But all I did was look for what would be the most local thing to eat. And there was uh, snake, I wrote it down, snake river pork chop. It changed my life, people. 
If this service doesn't change your life, just take your car over to Crave and order that pork chop and all is well, all is well. <laughs> Actually, I had a word for someone during worship. Where did they go? Oh, yes, I remember now. Um, this beautiful brunette woman, you're sitting next to a man with a cross necklace. Hi. Yeah, you, yeah, hi. Can you guys just stand for a moment? Would you, would you mind standing? Amazing. God really highlighted you too, to me, to give you this word. And it's that if you feel like your voice has been muffled or you feel like you've been saying something, you've been trying to say something and you're like, I told them that, I already said that to keep speaking, that, that God's given you a voice. God's given you actually specifically for you. What's your name, ma'am? Michelle. For you, Michelle, that God has given you a powerful voice, and he's going to use it to change generations, and that you've always had a desire in your heart for that. You've always, always had an inkling to want to share the word of God and bring revelation, and God is going to use your voice in a powerful way. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to get into the message. If God interrupts with some special prophetic words for people, I'll totally follow his lead. But I had something happen a couple weeks ago, and every time I preach, I kind of look at my life and take a, take a look at what's going on around me and in my life and in our campus. You know, my husband and I got called to ministry when they asked me to be the kids' church pastor. And I had just had my second, actually, I'll show you a picture of my family because someone asked for it, so I'm going to do it. My beautiful family, if you can put, put them up there. Okay, so in the middle is Micah Faith. She's 10. Her middle name's Faith. All my babies are complete miracle God stories. Um, and then I have Maverick in the middle and Maverick Jeremiah. I just read that Jeremiah was a weeping prophet, and I'm like, now wonder you're crying all the time, you little sensitive bro. He's <laughs> like his dad. His dad cries all the time, and he's not afraid to admit it, like in all the good ways. He's like, I look over, and I'm like, you're crying. Okay, I'll be the strong one here. And then, so I've got my <laughs> crying prophet, and then I have Merrick, who is just the doll face. I'm just like, you're so flipping cute. Yeah, see, oh, I'm from Texas, by the way. Um, yep, I'm, you, you see me now, like California-ized? No, I'm from Texas, town 7,000 people, real small town, like didn't even know what the world existed until my parents moved me in California when I was in high school, and that was a culture shock, and then things went haywire, and then I got saved, so thank God. But then that's my family, praise God. So I don't know uh, where I was going with that, but I was kind of taking, a, taking an inventory of my life. What, what was I saying, Pastor Colin? Yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah. Um, and I had signed up for this, like, biggest marketing scheme ever on accident. I'm like, what did I do? Like, I must have clicked on an Instagram ad, or I, sh I must have, like, put my phone number into some form or something. I don't know. But all of a sudden, the next day, I was getting spam call after spam call after spam call, like, every 20 to 30 minutes. Like, it was insane. And the first day, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so annoying. And I just kind of ignored it, just kind of clicked the side button on my phone. And, um, I have a picture of my screenshot, actually. It's hilarious to prove to you how many spam risk phone calls I got. And then the second day goes by, and I'm like, why am I still getting these calls? I thought I rejected all of them. I'm telling you, it's been like two or three weeks. I still get the 
calls. I still get the dang calls. I'm like, why are you still calling me? I'm obviously not going to give you anything. So I wanted to title this message, Spam Risk. Spam Risk. And that's actually my screen right there. And the only one that's not spam is Uncle Mark. The only person that called me that day that wasn't spam was Uncle Mark. And I went on this journey with God because I'm like, I, I was so strong in the beginning. The second day, I was starting to get annoyed and wonder what I did to get enrolled in this. And then the third day, I was ticked. And I was pushing the button. And, I'm, and then, you know what I did? I answered it. I answered it. But I felt the Lord say, how often do we do this as Christians? We're going along, going along, going along, going along. And then the enemy comes in like a roaring lion. And he prays around, prays around. And then all of a sudden, a thought comes in our head that is definitely not of God. And it's these words of spam. It's spam from the enemy. And we're so strong to fight it in the beginning. And then a day goes by, and then we're mad. And then another day goes by, and we actually answer the call. And I felt the Lord show me today that we are going to take back any of the territory that we've either accidentally or on purpose given the enemy. We're going to regain some territory in this place. I know there's people that came in this place that you know you've given up some territory. You know you have. It's no, it's no question. I have to do this like every day. So full transparency. Like every day I'm like, God, where have I given up some power? Where have I given up some territory? And I know there's people in here that even you'll be sitting here today and God will reveal where you've given away some of that territory. God calls us to have power and authority in every area of our life. In every area, we are meant to conquer the devil. In every area, we are meant to take dominion into ter territory because of the Holy Spirit power that resides in us. Luke 10, 19, to prove it to you, yes, we're going to preach Bible today says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Is that a word for anyone today? Nothing will harm you. We have all the power over Satan and God has given us the authority. I had a dream way back in the day that the Lord reminded me of for this message. And I haven't even ever talked about it, so I know it's for this message. It was like 15 years ago. We had just moved in to our first home together, my husband and I. And I had a dream, and in my dream, I was sleeping. And as I was sleeping, there was somebody trying to get in my house. And they were going to every door and every window, and they could not get in. However, that night, I had accidentally left the back door unlocked. And in the dream, this person was able to enter my home because I left the door unlocked. And trust me, in California, you got to lock your doors. I don't know about Idaho. I don't think you guys have to even lock your car doors, which is so amazing. It reminds me of Texas. But in California, and when you're a Christian, when you're fighting the enemy, you have to make sure that every open door is shut and locked so that he cannot gain territory that is not his to gain. Amen? Does anyone here have uh, electricity? <laughs> okay. Every hand should be up. All, and all the shy people still raise their hand because they have electricity too. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> we have electricity too, except it's like 17 times the price. Stinking California. <laughs> JK, blessed California. 
Um, yes, amen. So, okay, so, but, but all of us, we don't own the electricity, right? We don't own it. We pay for the electricity. What happens when we pay for the electricity is we have the authority over the electricity. So you and I can walk into a dark room and we can bring light. We can turn on the light switch. And it's just like that in the kingdom of God, just like that as a believer on earth. We have a power in heaven. Do we own it? No, but we have complete, full authority access to it at any time, any time of day, day or night, that we can access the power. And that's how it is and how the kingdom of God moves in and through us as conductors of this Holy Spirit power. We are conductors of electricity, conductors of power. And I get so sad when people and churches are insulators of God's power. There's too many people out there that are insulating God's power going, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about speaking in tongues. We're not going to pray for people. Well, what are you going to do then? They're going to have all this stuff in their head, but their life's not going to change. They're going to know a lot of stuff. They're going to know the word of God, but is their life going to change? It's not. If you don't have access to the power of God. This is called a house of transformation for a reason. Awakened church is a house of transformation because we can access the power of God and we're not afraid to say so or do it. Amen? Did you know that some of the conductors of electricity are copper, aluminum, gold, and silver? These are treasures. People of the Treasure Valley, these are treasures. Gold and silver are treasures. And you all and I are called to be conductors of God's power. When the enemy has taken territory in our lives, we must stand up to him. We don't have a choice. Get some power and regain our authority. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now unto him, him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So are we the ones that are making everything happen? No, God is there making everything happen, but it's through his authority and his power, according to the power that works in us. I don't really like when I hear Christians say, or actually most Christians don't say this, but people say, it makes you weak if you're a Christian. Quite the contrary. It doesn't make you weak to be a Christian. Quite the contrary, it makes you strong to be a Christian. The Bible says we must hold up our shield of faith. In order to hold a shield, I don't know if anyone here ever fought a war or something. <laughs> I haven't. But I can imagine that it's not a piece of flimsy plastic. At the airport the other day, I was going through security, and they were putting this flimsy piece of plastic to block the little thing. And I'm like, they think that's going to stop anyone. But it's not the plastic that's going to stop anyone. It's the uniforms that the men are wearing that's going to stop because they have the power and the authority. Being a Christian doesn't make you weak, but being a weak Christian is something that you and I are in danger of. On a daily basis, we are in danger of becoming a weak Christian. He is our strength and our weakness. He is our strength and our weakness. We are not called to stumble through life wondering what's going to happen. I don't know if this is going to, what if, what if she says this? What if he says that? What if Pastor Melissa doesn't say hi to me? Oh, my gosh. No, it's not the end of the world. She loves you. She loves you. We are not meant to stumble through life wondering if we're going to make the next payment on our mortgage. 
We're going to teach you at Awaken Church how to live above your circumstances. We're going to teach you that you can walk with authority, that you can call things into existence, that you can pray for people, that you can see the kingdom of heaven come to earth. Ephesians 6.16 says this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which I talked about, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. My husband and I have been battling a certain situation for the past few months. Um, I think it's probably been like six months or so. But it all kind of came to a culmination a few weeks ago. And we got a huge letter from an attorney. 38 pages of lies and meanness. Make me want to cry. I think I did cry. Um, but we got this letter. And I can't tell you that I immediately wanted to smash the devil. I actually just wanted to run away and think about all the other places I could live and escape my problems and go to the river and go on my boat and wake surf and forget the fact that someone was suing us. <laughs> but I, you know, that was a whole three minutes. I got scared and, and timid and, and I let this, these words intimidate me. And I used, that used to be a 30-minute process, and now I'm proud to say it's down to three minutes because within three minutes, the Holy Spirit's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should be praying. Oh, yeah, I should be praying. So I literally stood up with everything inside of me, and I'm like, I command you to be gone in Jesus' name. I ripped that letter to shreds with my words. I claimed the the power of God over it. I said, I am going to bind these words in Jesus name. I come against the spirit of deception. I bind you and I break your power over my life. These are words on paper. They mean nothing. They mean nothing in the kingdom of heaven. These are words on paper and I can take my words and I can cancel and bind the power of it. And I even had to come against the spirit that was behind it. Because oftentimes when the enemy brings something to you or someone a person that God loves. Let's remember that God loves everybody. And I had to remember that God loves this person and his wife. <laughs> but I went against that spirit and I put the person aside and I went against the spirit that was attacking the God inside of me. The spirit that was attacking the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I canceled and I sent that Jezebel back to hell where she belonged, to say it plainly. <laughs> but with great power comes great responsibility. And all throughout the Bible, you can read where God has given us powers in specific areas. But with every ounce of power that we have, with every ounce of authority and territory that we've taken, and you guys are going to be taking territory in this city, in this county, in your lives, in your families, your lives are going to transform from inside out, and you're going to watch the fruit of heaven grow in the Treasure Valley, and you're going to be taking territory. But remember, it also comes with great responsibility. And this is what I want to hone in on for the next few minutes, <laughs> very short few minutes, to teach you, because we're a discipleship church. I don't know if you know that. Go to DNA. Be in connect groups. Get discipled. I had my first discipleship moment when I joined a team. And Pastor Audrey told me that I had an RBF. I don't know if you know what that means. But it's a resting B word, mean word, face. And I scowled at her. I was newly saved. My response was very spiritually mature. 
but we're going to teach you how to take responsibility and use the power that God has given you. Join a connect group. Luke 12, 48 says this, from everyone who has been given much, we've been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, 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 much more will be asked. There's two muches in that, that script. There's four muches in that Luke thing. Much, much, much. You've been given much. So we have to take much responsibility with every benefit of being a Christian because there's a billion there's also a responsibility. The first area where we must take responsibility is over ourselves. Probably not popular preaching today. But I want to tell you that the circumstances around you and the people around you do not have power over you. You have power over you. God has power over you and you have power over you. And there's a reason why God has given us free will, because he is given us the opportunity to make our own choices. He's given us the responsibility to make good choices. The word of God is so clear about the boundaries that he has laid out. If you just read the Ten Commandments, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to repent every day. But it's, he, he has given us these things so that we can live set free within the boundaries of freedom. And so what that means on a practical level is that you actually can forgive someone when you're mad. You actually can say, I'm sorry, when you don't think you did anything wrong. You can actually give an offering to God when you don't think you can afford it. You actually can get offended and do the right thing. What it means for us women mostly is that we can actually show up to the thing we said yes we would be at, even though our kids have the sniffles. We still, we can have our yes be our yes and our no be our no. Right? Come on, Ashley Ray. Amen. We have the same middle name, so I'm allowed to say that. Ashley Ray, Michaela Ray. Psalm 81 says, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Let's not be so stubborn that God in heaven is like, I don't even know. I gave you the opportunity to make the right choice. I gave you the opportunity to do the right thing. And you're just so stubborn, never mind. Let's not be that person. Has anyone ever played a game without rules? I haven't. I haven't found one yet. Is there one? Good. If there is, come tell me afterwards. I want to, I don't know, how, how would you do that? But games are made to be fun. Games bring enjoyment. Games bring entertainment. Games bring connection. Games bring you together. But no one's sitting around mad that there's rules. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this game has actual rules. I have to follow the rules? So rude. <laughs> No, these games are created for enjoyment, for fun, for life, for joy. And then we follow the rules, and usually the one who's really good at the rules and follows the rules well wins the game, right? Most of the time. And I honestly appreciate good competition, like healthy competition, Pastor Colin. Please try to beat us. It'll just put a new lion on the inside of my husband. Except, I don't know if I can handle him, so maybe don't try so hard. If he goes another level, I might, my wheels might fall off. <laughs> D. 
Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this. Today I have given you the choice. Today is today, and tomorrow will be today, and the next day will be the day. Today, today is always today. Today I have given you the choice, the choice, lovely, between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. How many of you want your descendants to live? Yes, sometimes I make right choices, even when I don't want to, so my kids can see me do the right thing. And honestly, some days it's just that. Some days it's just so my kids can see me do the right thing. Some days nothing else matters except making sure my kids see their parents do the right thing. Our job is to submit to God's ways and resist the devil because then he will flee. Submit to God's ways. Amen. Number two. Number two out of five, and I have seven minutes left. So if I sound like a speed demon, I'll be a speed angel. Let's be a speed angel. Number two is we have power over what we think. We have power over what we think. Second Corinthians 10.5 says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I know thoughts are, thoughts just, sometimes they just come. Sometimes you can't control them. But actually what you can do, if you don't know, if you don't want to think that thought and you want to know what to think instead, go to the Word of God. I'm telling you, the Word of God will fill your thoughts with the things of God that you're supposed to be meditating on. The Word says meditate on it day and night, day and night. That basically means all the time. Meditate, because I know there's a God in heaven going, oh my gosh, they're just going to perish if they go along with their own thoughts. Sometimes we get stuck in our own thoughts. Do you know seven, only 7% 7 of yours and my thoughts are new every day? That's by default. So if we don't change the default, we will literally only have 7% of new thoughts a day, which is so sad. God's created us for such much more than that. What you think about, you bring about. Thoughts become things, and things become reality. If you want to listen to a professional, just read Carolyn Leaf's books. Not sure if I agree with all her life choices, but she has really great information. <laughs> but for me, the key to my living with a heart after God is waking up in the morning, reading the word, praying, forgiving, repeat. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, read the word, pray, forgive, repeat. Amen. Number three, we have power over what we say. Yay! Because <laughs> how many of you know this is also a big responsibility? Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. When I was first saved, I let whatever I wanted to say come out of my mouth. And I had an amazing, still have an amazing husband who knows how to correct me when I'm wrong. And he's like, whoa, whoa, cancel, cancel. When I say something, cancel. I'm like, what are you freaking canceling me for? I thought that was awesome. <laughs> but what happened, we were first married. We were getting in a fight. We got in a fight. And the first year, I'm like, oh, my gosh, who is this person that I married? <laughs> And we got in this fight, and I was on my way to get my nails done, and he wouldn't answer his phone. So I called his phone at least 78 times, and he wouldn't answer. I was the spam that time. 
spammerous, spammerous, spammerous. He wouldn't answer. Wise man, he wouldn't answer. Because I had gone from the average 10% cycle, like Pastor Leanne says, to 25 in at least a matter of one minute. Like it just shot up. It just shot up. This is an area where I was working on my self-control. And so I texted my husband. I said, you're not answering your phone, but I got in a car accident. (laughs) As I was driving my perfectly amazing new brand, brand new Lexus over to the nail salon. And I parked it at the nail salon, and I was so exhausted from trying to argue that I put my seat back. I had first world problems. Put my seat back, and I closed my eyes. And I'm like, fine then. He's going to think I wrecked my car. Nene boo-boo. And then this big, huge Cadillac bus type of car with lots of pointy edges came in and parked next to me, except on their way into parking, they scraped the whole entire right side of my brand-new Lexus. And then my car was wrecked. And then my car was really wrecked, you guys. I freaking prophesied (laughs) my own thing into existence. So now I'm determined to use the prophetic in a very profound and powerful way for God. I love this. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. It's the smallest muscle in the body, but the strongest. It has the power to create life. It has the power to create death. It's our choice. When I was first saved, I was so shy. I was so timid. I was so scared, basically, of everything. Like, I don't think there was one thing I wasn't scared of. And definitely people, and definitely public speaking was two areas don't ever ask me to do. And so... All of a sudden, I was getting asked to get up and pray for things. You come to Awaken Church, and they're trying to make you do all these crazy things. And I'm like, but I can't say no, because then I'm rude. All right, I'll do it. But then I'd embarrass myself, because I was so scared. Anyways, they asked me to run the DNA team. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I think you have a mistake here. I don't even know if I like people. I I can't even really, like, talk to people. I don't even know. And they're like, oh, well, you're going to do it anyways. I'm like, okay, so I'm checking people in, scared. I had to go meet with Pastor Leanne to get her to pray for me so that I could check people in at DNA. Like, it was, it was this bad, I promise you. And so I was listening to Joyce Meyer, my favorite preacher besides Pastor Leanne. And then I just decided one day, I read the book Confident Woman, and I just decided to put words all around my house, in my car, everywhere I went, on my phone. And it said this, anointed, prophetic, powerful voice to this generation. prophetic, powerful, anointed voice to this generation. And I put it everywhere. And then I just started reading it out loud. Anointed, prophetic, powerful voice to this generation. Anointed, powerful, prophetic voice to this generation. And honestly, like I can tell you, I still, I still get nervous, but the right kind of nervous. I still get like tingles in my stomach, but the right kind, like the godly kind, not the kind I want to run away from, but the kind I want to lean into. So I'm telling you, your words matter. What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your pastors? What are you speaking over your life? Because it's the fruit of your words. You're going to stand in the fruit of the words that you speak. Amen. I'm skipping point four, and Pastor Coleman's going to preach on it another day. You have the power to create wealth. There you go. I'm going to leave that in your hands, Pastor Colin. All right, because I don't have time. Um, we're going to 
we're going to go to the last point, and I can have the keys come up when you're ready. And it is, you have the power to heal. You have the power to heal. I want to read a quick story in the Bible, Acts 3, 1 to 8. And as after I'm done reading the story, I can have the ministry team come forward. And if there's any area that I've spoken on today that you know or it's been highlighted that God is showing you that you need to take some territory back, I want you to come to the altar. I want you to get prayed for. Our ministry team will pray with you, and they will speak life over you. But in this last few minutes, Acts 3, 1 to 8, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I want you to notice in this story that Peter and John didn't sit there and ask and beg for God's healing to fall on this man. They actually commanded the power of God to heal him. They didn't go over there and be like, hold on, let me ask God if it's his will. Hold on, hold on, hold on. God, do you think maybe you can? I wonder if, are you still God? Can you even hear us? What the heck? Okay, nope, sorry. God doesn't want to heal you. No, they literally accessed the authority and the power of God that was on the inside of them. And he reached out grabbed him and he was healed did Peter and John heal him well technically no God healed him but it was through the authority and the power that they carried and you and I are Peter and John's we can heal the sick we can bring healing to people's lives we can bring healing to marriages we can witness the power of God because of the power that's on the inside of us amen some of you are like, I'm going to have to think about that for a little while. I want to tell you, because I know that Awakened Church is here to bring something that the valley's never seen, that Treasure Valley has never seen. And I know for some of you, this is uncomfortable preaching. And I'm going there because it's uncomfortable. And I want to tell you this because my husband was the same way. He was raised in a Baptist church. I was saved at Awaken. So I literally walked in, got saved, got prayed for to speak in tongues, fell out under the power of the Holy Spirit, and I had no issues. And my life just wound upwards. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Why does everybody have a problem? But my husband had a problem. He would sit in church and be offended. He would sit in church and cry because he felt the presence of God, and he would leave and he would be offended, but then what he would do is go back to the word of God, and he would try to prove Pastor Jurgen wrong. And what he would find is that Pastor Jurgen was right. And here we are 18 years later, walking in the goodness and the faithfulness of God. We are fruit of what God can do. Miracle baby after miracle baby after miracle baby. 
My husband came from a religious background, divorce, and I came from divorce, alcoholism, three divorces on this side, ton over here, coming together. And we've been able to walk under this teaching for 18 years, and the fruit of God is undeniable. What I can tell you is the word of your testimony and the blood of Christ that sets us free. And I'm telling you, in my own life, I can only preach this message today because of what he has done, because of what God has done in and through my husband, being conductors of his power and bringing heaven to earth. Are there bad days? Heck yeah. There are. There are hard days. I cried every single appointment I went to for IVF. I cried the entire way there. There are bad days. Do we have lawsuits and things and all the shenanigans that everyone has? Yeah. Do we fight? All the time. But we're committed. We're committed to staying married and serving God. (laughs) And I'm like, if we can figure out those two things... The rest will work itself out. So if everyone can stand to your feet, we're going to close right now. Ministry team, ministry team, come forward. I want to pray specifically for one group of people, myself, and then the rest of you can come forward. And Pastor Colin's going to close this because I have to go to the airport. Um, But if you're here and you're a female and you and your spouse have been trying to get pregnant and it's been impossible, then I want you to just lift your hand. Yes, yes. Actually, if that's you, can you come stand right here? I have two so far. This was me, by the way. This was me. So I would be on every altar when there was a call for it. Beautiful. Is there anyone in the room that has experienced a supernatural pregnancy? Paige, beautiful. Paige is from San Marcos. Yay. Come forward, Paige. You're gonna, I want you to stand in agreement with these two women and they have beautiful ministers with them. Beautiful, thank you. That's exactly what you should do. And I want the whole church to join me as I pray for these women because they're gonna be pregnant in Jesus' name. I command the power of God to enter their bodies. I thank you, Lord, that everything that is meant to work by your design works exactly how it's supposed to work in the male and the female. I thank you, Lord, that every cell, tissue, and organ that is out of alignment would come into alignment, God. I transfer the faith that I had to build in order to receive supernatural pregnancy. I transfer that faith into these beautiful women of God. And I thank you, Lord, that they will have precious babies in nine months from now. I thank you, Lord, that your timing is perfect, Lord. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, that there there are babies, that there are fruit that not does not go off its vine early, Lord, that there are full-term pregnancies healthy in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.